Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the Friday special, a podcast by Guitar Nerds. Each week I'm going to have a new guest from the world of guitars, amplification and uh, effects pedals. We have brands and producers and musicians. Uh, I am your host Joe Branton. This week I'm joined by Jay Cross. Hello. And wonderfully, Kevin Equits from Equits Guitars. Hey there. Hey, exactly. and thank you very much, Jay, for on the form um, spelling the equits e- phonetically for me. We, we've been speaking about this for about 10 minutes beforehand, but I've been pronouncing it wrong this entire time. So thank you very much, Kevin, for your understanding of no my uh, mispronunciation. No worries, Joe Brontan. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, so it's cracking to have you on the podcast. Obviously, on this series, we just want to we want to kind of talk to the the, the brands um, who we think make really cool stuff. And uh, so Equits Guitars are a, a really interesting uh, little custom shop um, that make kind of wonderfully retro, come modern instruments. And you do everything built to order, um, and and you make everything yourself as well. Uh, yeah, thank you. Um, it's very kind of you to say so. Yeah, essentially, um, yeah, that's right. That's that's kind of what I was going for was to pull from like classic lines and forms and designs and shapes that we are used to seeing in guitars, um, but try to rearrange them in a way that was a bit more like, you know, fresh and new. And um, as far as like building everything, um, yeah, I mean, not so far as to like mill my own hardware or I, I don't really wind pickups or anything yet but um yeah i mean as far as the the woodwork and all that yeah yeah it's it's a, it's a completely a one-man operation which is uh, which <laughs> is right. pretty cool um and and it's like a it's a really it's a really interesting thing to have to do or a really uh, difficult thing to have to do to be able to take um classic classic models as you say and kind of try and try and give them a modern twist and give them an edge so that so you're not just replicating something exactly that's come before but you're still hitting all those aesthetic uh points that that people want to see yeah sure trying to um and it's it's great with the network of other builders out there you know that um like the the feedback has been great um being able to kind of trade designs back and forth with other other builders and get their their take on it um the, so the the builder community really has a lot to do with i think at least my approach to the designs and all that you know a lot of what i've learned or or try to put in place was you know being inspired by someone else and um and it is tough too on the other hand like 
to find that fine line between unique and derivative, you know, I mean, I guess it's not hard to make something unique, but to still have it be aesthetically pleasing and, and, um, desirable, like it's hard not to copy someone else unintentionally. There's several designs that, you know, I've, I've put together and it's like, man, why does it look so familiar? And then sure enough, I'll see it somewhere else. I'm like, oops, I accidentally copied someone and I didn't even try to <laughs> like, you, you know, you, you start moving lines around to where it looks like they make sense. And I think the reason why they make sense is because, you know, you've seen them before and, yeah. you know, for the most part, a lot of the contours in a guitar body are there for functional reasons. And so it's not always practical to just, you know, put a chunk of wood here and scoop another part out there, you know, like the, the shape does tend to, you know, there, there's certain parts that are just always going to be there. So yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah, it's, it's fun. And, and, um, and the design angle of it was, um, that was, I guess what, what drew me to guitar making and then all the rest was just kind of a byproduct. Yeah. I guess it's because it's such, um, it's such a, a well-beaten track, you know, trying to make something that's retro styled means that you, you, you can't actually reinvent that wheel too much, uh, cause you can't move away from those sort of aesthetic things, you know, that much. And especially with the, especially with it being kind of the the sort of modern retro style guitars there are like as you say there are there are a lot of builders out there making that sort of thing at the moment it's become like the sort of retro modern guitar has become a really popular thing so i think a lot of players are would love a retro style guitar but everyone knows how badly uh, you know sort of an old I don't know, like, you know, Silvertone or something's going to play or, or even, you know, even old Fenders. You know, when you when you buy an old guitar, you're writing off a certain amount of playability, which is, you know, kind of where where a new guitar comes in. Um, but uh, I, uh, what how, how long has Equits Guitars been a business? How long have you been a, a functional sort of guitar making th- operation for? Um, it looks like about four years as far as being eek with guitars. Technically, I've been dabbling in this for more than 10, um, which makes it sound like, you know, I've got this whole host of, um, you know, experience and all these, these, uh, previous builds in my past. But, um, for a while I was doing maybe one a year, uh, at the best, you know, and those were like parts casters and, and other things just to kind of get into it and, um, you know, learn a bit and try something new out. And gradually, little by little, it was like, and taking that, that whole kit, that parts kit and, and maybe just making my own body, but still working with the neck that was already fretted and everything. And then it was like, well, let me try building the neck, but let me get a slotted fretboard. So I don't have to cut the fret slots and you know, little by little working my way up to, you know, having like, um, all the different elements of the construction uh, and so once I was able to, to start building like existing, like known shapes, um, you know, from basic, whatever, rectangular pieces into, you know, yeah. guitars, um, then working with other builders, guys like, like Paul Roney and, and, um, Doug Cower and some of these other, um, builders that, that were very inspirational to me. You know, there was a lot of encouragement to like, okay, well, there are a lot of other people making telecasters and making these other things you know what else can you do with this and and that's why i was saying like the design side of it was what you know it's like oh hey great idea let me let me try my hand at designing uh the shape and all that and designing is i don't know i'd even in my case i'd use it loosely it's it's a matter of like 
you know, finding the, the curves, you know, favorite elements of different guitars and trying to assemble them in a way that makes sense structurally and, and visually, um, in a way that is a, supposed to be like an homage or a compliment to those forms and, and not be like derivative and be like, Oh, well, here you go. It's already done for me. Let me just cheat. You know, I wasn't yeah. trying to take any shortcuts, but, but really feeling like, um, that that we have a, a proclivity to you know certain shapes like the the Telecaster the Stratocaster Les Paul uh, those designs have not changed in um, so long because they didn't need to you know they look great and they they work and I think also too Joe to your point and I've heard you say it um, on the show otherwise too, like when you're playing a vintage guitar that you know there's certain things that at the time they were production decisions you know certain components or materials that were used that you know, after so many decades, it's, it's a bit of a challenge, but, but it's those, those inconsistencies, um, or, or those limitations, I should say that, that we also are so in love with, you know, in yeah. a sense, we, we kind of love the chaos of, of a tube or a valve, as you call it, valve amp. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's kind of a little bit of that, like introducing some of the, some of the, the organic, like unpredictable elements to it. And so that's, that's all, I guess, part of what, fires me up about this is the idea of you know working with this organic material that is inconsistent in and of itself and and trying to draw like organic lines in it and 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 also straight lines and, and the interplay of how all those things work together um so yeah that's that's where my head is at honestly with all this stuff so did you have like a creative kind of you know woodworking background before you started building guitars or was this a bit of a baptism of fire like how did you what, what were you doing that made you say yeah i you know i like guitars i can make a guitar i'm gonna make a guitar <laughs> actually that was almost the dialogue in my head oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um well it was a combination of factors really like for example um my family is a musical family. Like that's, that's what we did. That was very much one of the, the currencies in my family. It was, you know, like the instruments that you played and, and my, my parents are big music fans. We, my brother and I grew up going to concerts with my family and, um, <clears throat> and even still like my extended family, um, uncles and, you know, grandparents, like everybody played some form of an instrument or sang or did something, even my wife's family as well, you know, um, she came from a musical family. So music is just, just woven into the fiber of, you know, our families. And um, so growing up, my brother, um, my dad's a drummer. Um, my brother and I both learned to play drums to begin with. So we're, we were both drummers at the very start. And he took off playing guitar when he hit junior high. He was a few years older than me. And he was really good. He got really good really quick. And the deeper he got into guitar, the more it pushed me into drums. Because, you know, that way we could play together and do two different things. Um, <clears throat> so I was a drummer, you know, I still am, but, um, drums were, were the main thing, but, um, the guitar always fascinated me. It was always like the, this was in the, the, the early eighties. Well, I was, I was born in, in 80, but the, you know, going through the eighties and stuff where the guitars were these crazy colors and shapes, which we're starting to see come back, you know, with these, you know, these bright colors and, and, uh, you know, some of these throwback, um, designs, but you know, the, the guitar was this really mystifying, really enchanting, you know, instrument. Um, and 
so kind of watching my brother play and, and little by little, you know, I was interested in also the, how things worked, you know, so simple stuff like changing the strings and all that. It was a bit of a chore, um, maybe for him or, or anyone else, but you know, some people really enjoy changing strings and, and that, that was like one of the things I liked doing. And my dad had an old guitar that needed some new tuners. And so, um, I probably did that the wrong way, but you know, figuring that out was a lot of fun. And, and so anyway, as, as you know, that's the, the foundation. And then, um, by the time I got through high school and was in college, you know, I was an art major, um, studying graphic design and illustration and stuff. And, um, so in one of my art classes, it was actually, it was this, this silly, it was like a, a, a very short class that it was like, I had to just fulfill a requirement. I was already working full time, like school. I just needed to get done with school. I was just trying to get it, get it over with. So I'm in this class and, and it was about writing for the visual arts. So it was how to write like an artist statement and also how to be like critical of, you know, other work. And so, you know, the, the class was kind of a chore. Um, and we had to give an artist statement like theoretically or, you know, whatever. And so I hadn't prepared for this thing at all. So I'm sitting in the class and people are going up to the front and uh, giving their artist statement. And I'm starting to realize, oh, man, I didn't even really think about this, um, which I don't ever recommend kids, you know, do your homework. But um, <laughs> anyway, so it was just like you said, Jay, it was like that that moment. It's like, well, hold on. I I really like guitars and, you know, d- design is, is very interesting and intriguing to me. Like, why not put those two together? And so I went up in front of the class and said... Um, you know, more or less that I, I was going to design and build guitars. And it was funny because the response was really positive. Everyone was like very encouraging and interested in that. And it was like, wow, okay, I guess I said it. Now I got to do it. Oh, of course I can do it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, most of, most of my achievements in life have been through like, you know, accidentally signing myself up to things that I didn't think I'd actually be able to pull through. Um, so yeah, I completely relate to that. Yeah. And that, that was it. Um, you know, like I was already dating my wife and and working a lot. And so, like I said, I was just trying to get done with school. So, um, finished school, got married. Um, we had a little place at first, so we didn't have the money or the space or the time or anything to really get into it, but it was still in the back of my mind. So a lot of those, you know, first few years were just doing a lot of research and digging and, you know, trying to look at it and, and saving up money and getting parts and building parts, casters and all that. And, yeah, so that that was essentially <laughs> the combination of factors. Wow. What well, um what was the first body shape that you made out of because you have three, right, in your in your current production line. Yep. It all started with the Ashford and um interestingly enough, um when reverb.com was very very new, um we were we were very fortunate my dad, my brother and I, we we were we knew people um, that could get us into the Nam show, so we love to go. Um, <laughs> we've been there many years, um, yeah. you know. To the summer Nam, or no, to the winter Nam. the the winter show because um, oh, okay, this is yeah. in Southern California. So, um, oh, is that where you're from? You're from California yeah. originally. Originally, oh yes. right, okay, right, okay. Sorry, didn't realize That's that. Okay. okay, yeah. So Reverb at one point, like at least the first time I saw them, they were in the the downstairs, you know, the Hall E. Like that's where a lot of the new, uh, maybe smaller um, or, or at least more specialized stuff often is at the NAMM show. And so they had their setup down there, and, and I was talking to um, one of the representatives, and and we were just having a great chat about guitars and whatnot. And and he was actually one of the, the, the first people to say like, well, what would you build if, if you could just design something, you know, what you want? 
um, I think he was selling me on reverb because it was like, you can build it and then you can sell it here, you know? <laughs> which is fine. You know, it was, it was, it was a fun, you know, encouraging like challenge. And so that's what I did. I, um, I took a sheet of plexiglass and, um, which is, you know, one of the things that I used to make, um, like routing templates and, and I already had some templates of different shapes, like Les Pauls and jazz masters and, you know, different standard and, um, and so I, I wanted to come up with something that was kind of offset that, that kind of resembled a bit of a, of a jazz master, but didn't have like the offset, like tail end. I like the offset waist, but I wanted to put a tail piece on it. So I, I wanted the back end to be symmetrical. Um, and I also really liked the shape of like on a, um, like a, a 335 or as you say, 335, 339, <laughs> uh, Gibson, you know, like the horns, you know, the, the shape of those, um, horns. So the treble side horn, you know, so I, I just kind of borrowed from different like Gibson and Fender shapes. Um, and I just traced it out on a piece of plexi with this, uh, just with a Sharpie, you know, using these templates, um, and cut it out. And the whole experience at first, I didn't have a name for it. So I was just calling it the freehand guitar because, you know, I, I, tried to draw it. I tried to keep everything as freehand and as organic as possible. That's cool. Um, And so the Ashford was the first and the response was, was pretty strong from that. Like again, guys like Paul Roney, you know, he he commented on my post on Instagram and it was encouraging that. And um, so from there I thought, okay, this one is, is kind of involved. It's like a carved top. It's a semi hollow. It's, um, it's it's definitely, it's diff is, you know, it's quite, it's the most different out of your, like it's it's yeah it's the most yeah. different out of the three guitars. It's, I mean, uh, when you look at the three, it's certainly the one that's. I, I wouldn't have expected that to have been your first one. That looks like something that you would have built up to. So yeah, really, what yeah, it seems like it's is a that you've, top. Yeah, exactly. You know, the F hole and everything, and really, what it sounds like is you you started really high and then you've just made life easier for yourself by bringing out <laughs> yeah bringing well, out easier models. <laughs> well, that's where the Rayburn came from because yeah. you know the Telecaster is such a brilliant design, like just in the. Um, the construction of it, like, like from a, a manufacturing standpoint, you know, having the, the controls like top routed, uh, loaded to the pit guards or scratch plate. Um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> for the record, scratch plate is a much better name for it. Than <laughs> so we should, we should sort of give people a peek behind the curtain before we, before we recorded, we spent about 25 minutes talking about the difference in, uh, kind of American English and British English. And, uh, yeah, scratch plate pit guard was, was one of the things that came up um so plectrum yeah. and picks yeah, yeah. i've, I've never noticed it one. i've just i've always used them interchangeably but now yeah. i hear it out loud it is it does seem to be a bit of a difference so but yeah very funny <laughs> very funny so anyway the, the telecaster you know when you look at like how straightforward it is you know it's kind of got that slab body you know minimal contouring you know just a simple round over um, especially like the single pickup version so what i wanted to have was to make something that was affordable in the sense of materials and time, but also a little quicker production, you know? Um, so the Rayburn was, was based off of that. I mean, it's easy to see the Telecaster influence in there, but what's great is, is, um, it's almost like a Rorschach test. You know, some people look at it and they say, Oh, it looks like a, you know, silver tone, this, or a, you know, Epiphone like Coronet or, you know, these different, um, things that maybe they're more familiar with. And, and that's cool. It's all in there, I guess. Um, but the idea of that one was to be very straightforward, like single pickup, um, minimal contouring and, and really have it be as kind of straightforward and, and stripped down as possible. Um, over time, you know, there are other things, variations have come up with Rayburns that, you know, I, I try to, you know, when I'm working with someone who's, um, ordering one, 
and try to work out what they want and make sure it's right, but also try to stick to the, you know, the original purpose of the design. So there are times where it's like, you know, someone wants a two pickup Rayburn. And so we'll take off an option in order, you know, cause last thing I want to do is make some over the top Rayburn that has everything on it. Like that's not the purpose of the Rayburn. Yeah. yeah Although absolutely. I just did something similar for Jalen or Jay. His is like double bound. It's got two pickups, but I mean, it's Jalen or Jay and that guy's incredible. <laughs> like how do you, yeah. how do you say no to that guy? I mean, he's, he's yeah. a wonderful human being. So, um, but you know, like working in double binding, um, but a single pickup version, you know, and that's, that's part of the contrast that I really enjoy too is, is, being very selective about upgrades. And and that's part of, I feel from a design standpoint, like walking someone through the process because some folks get excited and they just want, you know, they see everything that they've loved about a guitar, which could be a figured top or gold hardware or special inlays or at least, and then they want it all on one guitar. And like, that's almost always a bad idea. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Trying to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like getting the option sheet and just ticking everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So trying to limit that down and really getting selective and deliberate and, um, and it's, and it's worked out very well so far. And then the the middle one is like the, um, it's really more manifested now as a bass design, but um, originally it was a guitar design too, but the Devera. And so that was, I guess, the, the last of the three, at least, um, where it was kind of in between. So it was offset, but it's a solid body and it's two pickup. And, you know, so something to kind of bridge the gap between the Ashford and the Rayburn. And then more recently, you know, Emily and I partnered up on designing that uh, Ainsley. So there is like a, a fourth model now. Um, my website is is so poorly out of date. I need to, to get it updated. Um, unfortunately, the, the software that I used to make it is, isn't available anymore. So I need to just totally start. Oh, no. <laughs> the oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so the, but honestly, it, so much of what I've done has happened through um, social media and, and, you know, just other... Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Uh, dialogues. The, the website is more of a gallery. Like, not a lot of business comes to the website anyway. So, um, 
Anyway, so the, the Ainsley obviously was a, a, a different approach altogether where it was really trying to come up with something that was universally comfortable, you know, accounting for for a lot of the women players that were um, making comments about the original designs on a lot of the popular guitars not being as ergonomic or comfortable, but um, trying to, to find the balance where it's something that, that is, you know, lightweight and comfortable and ergonomic, but doesn't look too bizarre. Um, and, uh, I figured that's, it. that's a, it's a fine line to tread. It is. Yeah. And I figured, you know, cause like how wonderfully, you know, designed that St. Vincent guitar is, you know, for some of those same purposes, but you know, that, that shape is, you know, it's, it's pretty it's dynamic. A, it's, a, it's definitely it's, a marmite shape. Like yeah, uh, yeah I it's think pretty people, stark, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas, yeah. I, and I guess the the Ainsley is is probably how uh, we got turned on to you and uh, Emily Emily Harris of the mm-hmm. Get Offset podcast. Um, you know, and and you know, they're Emily's great podcast as well, which some people should be listening to, of course. Um, but yeah, like you say, like having that strong link to social media and just being open to trying new things and working with people. Um, that is, I mean, it's clear from, you know, looking at the, looking at people who've got your guitars, you know, you say working with Jalen and Jay, that's great. And obviously Blake from the Tone Mob has got one of your guitars as well. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's sort of, uh, you know, a, a great testament to the, your openness to working with other people and your openness to being, you know, just approachable and just, it's, it's, you, you make people want to pay attention to what you're doing uh kind of you know not intentionally and it's and it's really nice like you know we we really we think that what you're doing is great man so oh very yeah, kind I, thank you i appreciate i've that. always I've, I've i really love the uh the amount of diversity that that people have been able to get into or that you've managed to um to to create tastefully in the custom shops everything from uh, like recently, you were you were posting a pop punk purple Ray Ban <laughs> that you were, that you're fitting a um, uh, the the bridge that you don't have to tune. Evertune, Evertune, yeah. and Evertune, yeah. There we go. <laughs> the Evertune, yeah, exactly. Which is um, which is such a, a such a more modern version of uh, of your guitars. And then you know, even like when I saw, I think one of the the first Ray Bans I saw was like a single pickup one, and I always wanted to ask. It had three controls and a switch, but it was a mm-hmm. single pickup Ray Ban. What did it all do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's still funny because right now, like just um, just being a solo mission, just me by myself, um, trying to do this and and working very slowly. You know, doing it's like a part time job, so it's not my full time. Um, thing i only have so many hours to dedicate to this so it's like each particular guitar is is really really significant um and it represents just because the the process takes long enough um and there's a lot of dialogue even before we've started making any sawdust you know and and it's cool because there's a story so far there's a story behind each one and and man when the day comes when i'm you know just cranking these out and they're all just meaningless and you know just a, you know like a, <laughs> just just cranking them out that's really going to be a sad day um so anyway as far as um yeah that that purple one that's that's um brian gower of the tone jerks um that's for him i and, I, I was if you had like given me the option to guess who that was for, that was absolutely who I was going to assume it was for. Right. So that's uh, that's awesome. 
It's great because he picked the color, and it's cool because he's, his other guitars, he's got one, I think, that was like a real soft pink and a really soft blue on another one, so this kind of soft purple it's going to fit because their music isn't soft, and I love that <laughs> contrast. And he he's a big fan of the Evertune, and he asked me, he's like, well, would you be okay with doing an Evertune? And it's like, sure. And, and you know, don't get me wrong, like the reason why I have specific shapes is so, you know, to help kind of mitigate that anything and everything type of mentality, you know? Yeah, sure. From a design perspective, you know, being a graphic designer, I wasn't a good one, but that was my job. But, you know, working with graphic designers, like your portfolio is really like your 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 calling card. You know, it's your resume. It, it's, it has so much to do with defining your work and your style. And it's tough. If you leave that open to other people's requests, then they're they're putting your portfolio together for you. Um, so it's, it's very much an agreement of like what fits within my aesthetic and, and what do I want to kind of support and encourage, you know, from a, a design standpoint, but then also how do we make it unique to the owner? And so something like an Evertune, it's a bit more work and, um, you know, we, we figured that out in the end, but, um, I'm not opposed to it. I don't, I don't know how popular it's going to be going forward. It's a cool, cool, you know, piece of hardware and um you know I, I found it very interesting but it didn't seem to like throw off what we're doing because the guitar only has one pickup and it's got one knob and an on and off switch so for the the complexity of the bridge we're we're balancing that out with simplicity of you know the other things so um that's kind of cool see, i didn't see that as a conflict um the no, it, kind, it kind of works on the uh on the uh, the Ben Wyman ESP as well is it, it, and that's quite a retro styled ESP anyway. It's even even though the Evertune's a very modern looking bridge, I, I kind of think you get away with it on the classic stuff. Yeah, like it didn't it doesn't seem out of place too much to me. I mean, it definitely looks a bit modern, but um, I it's it's helpful too to not get kind of stuck into being a purely retro you know vibe or a purely modern vibe i i like the balance and the interplay and the contrast or whatever you want to call it of putting those two elements together um which has a lot to do with why like i don't do a lot of inlays you know it's really just mostly two dots on a, on a fretboard um you know a lot of simple simple touches that um that are there to visually simplify things so that we can go somewhere like an evertune um, you definitely have some other modern um, twists to your guitars, things like contoured heels, which is you know quite quite a popular one. I guess that's kind of the only modern contour sort of thinking about it. Yeah, there's um, definitely, and you know, trying to work the, the contour lines into the the flowing lines, like. Um, but let me let me cover off before I get down that road. So, the, yeah, this yeah. no 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 it's okay. The single pickup, the the one that you're asking about with the three knobs and the switch, um, that was a collaboration of um, my very good friends Co Schneider and um, Leon Wright and and myself. Um, Co Schneider, he is a um, he's on the Flippin' Flippers podcast because you know everybody's mm-hmm. on a podcast. Um, <laughs> Flippin' Flippers podcast with um, with his his friend Paul, um, who also has a Rayburn, um, but. Co is a wonderful like idea guy. He's got all these fantastic ideas and he knows a lot of people and he's, he's, he's wonderful to work with. And so he threw this idea to me. He's like, Hey, what if we put a built in fuzz in the guitar, which has been done before, but you know, I, like the ones that I had heard in the past, it, it just, it wasn't all that practical. It was kind of, it was cool, but like the, the sound wasn't like super great. And, and it was like, yeah, that sounds like fun, but it would have to be a really good fuzz. In oh, my is opinion. this the Pelican noise works? Fuzz? And so, yeah. Well, so he's like, well, I know Leon, you know, and this is uh, the Pelotar had been around for maybe a couple of years 
um, a year or two at this point. And I didn't know Leon and he was like some sort of mythical wizard figure. And I was like, oh, you know, Leon. And, um, and so he introduced us. And, and so, um, the idea was to take half of the Pelotar and put it on a smaller, um, like circuit board that could be mounted kind of roughly where the neck pickup is, um, under the, uh, scratch plate. And, um, <laughs> So we worked out kind of some ideas, and so Leon was going to build a prototype pedal. So he ended up taking half of the the Pelotar, made some modifications, kind of set some different controls, and he put it in this enclosure with one big gigantic knob uh, on the top of it, and um, and he sent it to Co to try out. And uh, I think that gigantic knob was just something that he had. He was like, "Oh, cool, this will work," and just threw it on there. Um, <laughs> so that ended up being the half horse, if you're familiar with his, um, yeah. pedals. So the, the half horse, um, with some, the, the actual enclosed pedal version, I think has some different components, but the, the circuit that's in the guitar itself is a, uh, it's essentially a modified half horse, um, which came about through this whole, you know, deal. I, I told, I don't know much about fuzz pedals. So I, I said, you, uh, Co and Leon work it out, <laughs> figure out what sounds good. And then I'll figure out how to put it in the guitar. So with their help, um, yeah, we ended up doing that. And so um, the goal is to do a limited run of seven. So far, there are three in the wild and two more lined up. Um, so we're getting near the end. But um, the the colors were essentially, there's a blue and a white that are derived from the pedal itself. And then the, the one that you saw of mine, um, it's a shoreline gold just because we kind of like that color. And I think as a prototype, that was the, a color I had and I just wanted to do a shoreline. So we have three colors. Uh, limited run of seven. I think, you know, there's really only going to be a couple left. Um, but yeah, that switch turns the fuzz on and then the controls are in master volume, master tone. And, um, it's the, I think on the the pedal, it's called the sounds knob. So it kind of changes the, I don't know what you call it, like the bias of the fuzz. So rolled right. back all one way, it's very like thick and woolly. The other way, it's really gated and kind of spitty. Oh, um, cool. So that guitar is a ton of fun. We, we took it to, um, like an amp show one time, um, so we were dem- demoing different amps and people didn't know there was a fuzz built into it. And so you, <laughs> you flip that switch and people kind of turn their heads like, wait, who, who brought the pedal in here? Um, <laughs> oh, man, so that's yeah, great. that's, that's where that guitar came from. I am very into the idea of guitars with built in fuzzes. Uh, it, I think, uh, Viren Saku, uh, guitars from, uh, Finland, uh, Finland. Yes. I was going to, I was going to just take a just- pop. I was yeah. just going to take a pop at a country then, but yeah, they, uh, they they did one with a built-in fuzz recently, which I thought was absolutely fantastic. I love the idea. I don't know why it's uh, why it's not something that's in more things. Do you know what? Actually, recently on eBay, do you know Gibson made uh, EB an EB three bass in nineteen sixty two with a built-in fuzz, the EB three F, and what? Uh, yeah, yeah, they made they made twenty five of them. And one of them came up on eBay the other week and I was bidding on it and it finished at a stupid time and I forgot and I lost the bidding and it went for only a little bit over a thousand pounds. That is, it's, that's criminal. That, that's, that must be one of the last ones still around, but apparently it was, it was awful, but, uh, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it meant, I bet there's people out there who are just like, and, and Kevin, I'm, I'm sure that, uh, you know, your guitar is going to be a part of this at some point. Someone out there is going to be like, listen, I absolutely love the sound of this fuzz, but I just I can't I can't move away from I cannot move away from my uh, 
my uh, Fender Telecaster. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy the guitar and just put it on my pedal board, and I'm just going to, uh, you know, turn on the fuzz when I need to. You know, they'll rewire it for a push, push, pull, uh, push, push, pull or something. But, uh... That's funny. <laughs> well, we were talking about contours and contoured heels too, and um, and that was that was another design decision because you know function is so much part of design, visual design. You know, when you look at um, you know, a lot of just basic tools, someone who maybe doesn't know how to use the tool might be able to look at it and say, okay, well, this part is sharp, or this part is heavy. This part looks like you put your, you know, something that you'd hold in your hand or whatever, um, based off of the, the visual form of it. Um, and so for me, it always bothered me seeing guitars with like a rectangular, um, heel, even though that's an area that I can't really play in. Um, it's like, that's a part that your hand is, is supposed to go. And it, uh, on a totally like, you know, organic curvilinear shape, like the one spot that looks like a rectangular block is the one spot that's supposed to like go in the palm of your hand. It just didn't make sense to me. So, um, that's like a standard deal on all of my guitars is to, to round those off and, and make sure that it kind of flows into the lines. The same with the contours. Um, and, and there's no criticism to guitars that maybe, you know, draw a straight line and then it chamfers back and then that's the contour. I mean, if it works for those. But um, all of my, the, the contours on my guitars, it, it's it's such a fun part of the process that I love that I don't have templates for any of those. It's it's a matter of drawing the line, just kind of how it feels and, and um, oh, that's great. where it's flowing. And then I kind of carve to that line. And it's it's um, it's such a cathartic part of the process that I really, really enjoy putting in the body contour. So that Ainsley, that one's got... Um, kind of a slightly different contour set where it's, it's mostly the, um, the back of the, the upper portion, um, not just like where a, a regular like belly cut would be, but you know, further forward towards the neck, like a lot of that is, is chamfered away almost like a, like a direct opposite of the forearm contour. So they kind of have this opposing, um, you know, relationship, both sides of it, um, just to try to allow, um, flatten that space out and allow for different, you know, body types and sizes and figures and, you know, so that there's, there's nothing jarring up in that area. Um, yeah, I, but I, visually, actually, I love that design. It's yeah, it's, it's incredibly tasteful. It looks fantastic doing a, a contour like that. Thank you. Yeah. So it's just trying to make it work visually and functionally. And so, yeah, you know, trying to I, just draw the lines together, you know, like that's the game, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. I I um I love the back of their headstock as well because you paint the back of your headstocks and then pin stripe a line down them, <laughs> which is uh, I mean I did, did, I I didn't see too many other people doing that. I can't think of any other brand off the top of my head. Although I'm sure you're going to tell me there are loads of people that do that. <laughs> yeah, there are people. That, they call it a stinger. You know, you see them on old Gibsons and and uh, other guitars. Um, and it's I don't know. It's it's another way to to kind of move the eye on, you know, the, the, these wonderful lines that are all over these guitars and that black stripe running down the neck, um, that's actually built into the neck. It's a, it's just a, a black veneer that is, um, sandwiched between oh, wow. the two pieces, uh, which is really, really helpful, not just aesthetically, but also with the construction, because the way that I do an angled headstock is the way that a lot of people do it, where it's called a scarf joint. Um, where if, if you're familiar then cut me off but it, essentially you cut it at the whatever de degree you're going to do mine's at 11 so you cut like an 11 degree angle in the piece of wood and you flip the top part over and glue it back on at that angle so rather than cutting an angle out of a single piece which can actually weaken the area especially like if you have truss rod adjustment in that area so the thinnest part of the neck it's angled and there's a chunk taken out of the middle like it's it's a it's a triple whammy on on 
you know, that's, that's why you see so many of those classic like headstock breaks at the, you know, at the nut, uh, for an angled headstock. Um, so minor glued in, which gives it a much stronger joint, but aligning those two pieces is great when you have a center line that's just permanently part of the, the, the piece. Um, huh. also when it comes to shaping the neck, I, I'd have to I'd draw a center line and then, it, you know, you work one side and you work the other. And then eventually you, you would scrape or sand away that center line and then you redraw it. And it was like, it, it was nice to just have one built in. So that stripe is, uh, it's not painted on. I have a, a Gretsch that has that line in it. And that was the inspiration there. It just looks so classy, just that nice straight line coming down. So the stinger is a great way to kind of translate the, the lines visually, you know, to that one point, which moves down the back of the neck. It's yeah. really funny, though, because, you know, you, you mentioned earlier about how there are aspects of guitars that are just kind of there and they were there for kind of manufacturing processes. And that's something that we've all come to love. And that's kind of what you've done there is you've used that black line as a kind of functional part of the manufacturing process of the guitar. But that's something that we have all picked up on as a really nice kind of... um you know, signature of, of one of your guitars. And that's, you know, that's that's really nice that you've got your own kind of like little quirk there <laughs> through uh, functionality more than more than anything else. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's kind of a win-win, I think, in my opinion. Mm. Um, well, that, that actually brings us pretty much up to time for this week's episode of the Friday special. Um, it has been absolutely wonderful to have you on the podcast, Kevin. Thank you so much for, for joining us. Um and 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 listener, if if you if you are not aware of Equits guitars, then you know absolutely check them out. You can you can check them out on EquitsGuitars.com and view that uh, the the wonderful website made on defunct software. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but you know also also check out all this stuff on on social media. Um, I have a fantastic time uh, flicking through Kevin's Instagram because there's loads of cool stuff there. And, you know, for as, as far as kind of retro come modern, you know, you really unique custom shop guitars go, they really don't start at a lot of money. If, uh, if you're looking for your next, uh, super cool retro instrument. Um, so yeah, you can, you can of course check out more Guitar Nerd stuff over on the Patreon on patreon.com forward slash Guitar Nerds. You can join us on uh, any of the major social platforms with at Guitar Nerds. And we're going to be back next week with our regular episode on Wednesday and another Friday special on Friday. Kevin, thanks very much for joining us. Oh, well, thank you so much for uh, having me on here. It's really an honor to be uh, included in this. So thank you. Oh, not at all. We'll, Don't uh, worry, be... we'll, we'll definitely drag you back at some point, and it will. Oh, yeah, that that it, is we, the we idea. Will, we will do our absolute most to make it feel like it is a chore rather than. A <laughs> Please do. I look forward to that. <laughs> uh, we'll see you next week for more of this guitar nerdery. Farewell. Cheers, gang. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.